This is Irrelevantly Relevant, and we approve this message. Welcome to Irrelevantly Relevant, a weekly web and podcast commentary on politics, life, and popular culture. This week, the air two guests discuss the American Thoughts and Prayers ritual and the murder of Patrick Carpenter. We'll take a break from your technology-driven, zombie-oriented 140 cook universe. Join us as we discuss something that is irrelevantly relevant. We got a whole lot of whole lot of things to talk about. Um, why don't we just jump right into it? So yeah. let me give give everybody some background so they can understand what's what's going on. Uh, I just showed Johnny uh, the video uh, of the shooting of Patrick Harmon, a fifty year old man who was killed in Salt Lake City uh, by police when after being arrested uh, he attempted to escape and police shot him while he was running away. Uh, the district attorney in Salt Lake City cleared those, excuse me, cleared the police officers of any wrongdoing. So I just showed Johnny the video. We're going to put the link to the video um, in the in show notes. Yeah. notes so you can go watch it for yourself. Let's get this episode started. <sighs> wow. Um, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I was not, you, you told me to watch the video. So I was like, okay, but I wasn't expecting what I saw. So what'd you say? And what I saw was this guy um, who apparently was stopped by the police for riding his bicycle at night without a taillight reflecting on his bike. Um, that's why they stopped him. And he ran away from the police after, I guess they were going to try to arrest him. And as he's running away, the police officer's like, stop or I'm going to shoot you. And then proceeded to shoot him four or five times in the back running away. Like he posed no threat to anyone. They could have just let him run and catch him again or tase him or do something. One, yeah, they... one officer actually did tase him, which to me shows if the other officer tased him and you fired your firearm. Like this man had to die for a bicycle violation. Like, are you, are we, I, and then the district attorney, like, did she not watch the, or is it a she or he? It's like, a, it's a he. Okay. So did he not watch the video? Like, did he not see what, what I just saw? Like, I don't understand this. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm so, like a little bit, I'm a little bit shook. <laughs> the police <laughs> department like, also went on to say that they found a knife on him at that time when they, when they frisked his body after he had been shot, which they tried to use as justification, even though at the time they shot, they didn't know he had a knife on him. It was only yeah. after so they like after so so like he had a knife, mm-hmm. but we didn't know that he had a knife. So like a reasonable person wouldn't think that you know like I, I just don't I don't. How can this be justified? Like how? So uh, district attorney uh, Sim Gill said that uh, Harmon posed an immediate danger, and that the officers to who feared, to, who? to, to... the officers feared for their lives, and said that it was the scariest situation they had ever been in. <sighs> This is the scariest situation that they've ever been in, stopping a, a, a 50-year-old man on a bicycle at night. Like, this is, this is what's going on in Salt Lake City, that this is what's the scariest moment in a police officer's day. Like, I, I'm not trying to discredit, like, that, they're, that they were scared. And I'm not trying to discredit that, like, police officers do dangerous work. But this, to me, if you are getting this riled up where you are You're now justified of killing someone, then this is not the job for you. Like being a police officer is not the job for you. If this is the scariest thing that you've been presented with. Like, and you know, I, 
you you were a police explorer. Yeah. Explain what police explorers are, so people know. So basically, like the police explorer program is 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 kind of like Boy Scouts, but for law enforcement. Um, um, it, it, or and it's like a co-ed group where you basically shadow the police, learn about law enforcement, and it's kind of a, a recruiting tool that like police departments use to develop people into one day going into law enforcement. So um, I say that to say that yeah. you're not. Like, so I'm not anti-police at not, all. Like, you know, like we're not in, here in, to just like shit yeah. on the police department. Yeah, in the Coast Guard, you know, my job in the Coast Guard was a police, like law enforcement, maritime law enforcement. That's what my job was. So, like, I am not trying to discredit any of this, but it bothers me that like this, this excuse, or not even excuse, like this. Uh, rationale is always immediately used and it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense that this was the scariest moment in these police officers not only that i okay so there's there's a couple things i unpack here first the fact and i had this conversation um with someone last night i want to say who it was in case they don't want me to put what they said out there um but we were talking about how this happens and how it's problematic that police are afraid of the people that they're supposed to be policing right and I, I kept asking her how how it could have happened, per se. She said, because they can. Like, right. why did they shoot him? Because they can. Right. But you don't, but and in law enforcement, you don't have a license to kill. Like, there's like a, a use of force continuum. And like, I just felt like this was escalated from like zero to, to six or zero to, to 10, whatever your I mean, continuum yeah, it's gotta, is. It's got to be 10. Like, <laughs> um, you know, it just I mean, does, it, like, did, do you think they didn't see him as a person? You know what no, I mean? Like they're, no, they, don't, they obviously don't value his life. No. I feel like he could have shot him. Like, the fact that he's running away and they're behind him, like, he wasn't like he was running towards the police. Like, he was running away from the police mm-hmm. to get away from their potential threat, which clearly cost him his life. And so, like, it just the, – the situation doesn't, like, add up to – I'm afraid of you, even though you're running away from me. Like, yeah. Well, I guess they, as, as a lawyer, I I can't explain how legally this is rises to the standard of justifies justified use of force. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, I work in the security industry, and like, I know that like with every you know escalation of force or threat that you are allowed to as a police officer represented, but like not like you don't get to skip all those middle steps. Yeah, I mean like, it's not like first of all, it's not like this guy was being stopped for a violent crime. Right. He wasn't robbing a bank. Wasn't, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't attacking someone. He wasn't all it, it did for all for all we could see in the video, he doesn't appear to be combative or on drugs. Right. Like, like and so it's so so now we we are we're in a in a situation where like police are the can, judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. Like, well, or they just already have, like, a packaged, like, anytime something like this happens, they already have, like, a packaged thing to say. Like, they all say it. It's, I was afraid for my life. You know, he was going for my gun, and I needed to kill him. Like, that was the... But for body cameras and the average citizen having access to cameras, no one would believe us. Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah. the only reason we know what happened here is because of a body camera. Right. And that we are able to, to examine this. And I just feel like I just don't understand, like, why we cannot put this in front of a jury. Like, when we let jurors 
who are supposed to be the deciders of matters like this to look at the evidence, look at the video, and then make a determination, like, at least have that step, like, at least have that process. Yeah, I don't understand so how that, that's so that in we, front of a grand jury. Like, like, can't we just have that process to... And I want to clear something even up. Whenever if, people say that, like, oh, it went in front of a grand jury and it didn't get indicted, that's bullshit. You put something in front of a grand jury and you want to indict it, you can get it indicted. You're the right. only one making an argument. Right. The defense counsel's not there. The prosecutor is the only one that... The grand jury hears from right. So all you have to do is make a prima facie case, right? And so, but I guess I guess like the the, the problem with this is not even like that 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 the district attorneys or in in, in I guess you know state attorneys or whatever you want to call them state um, yeah have a have a situation where they don't even they, they block. The us from yeah like like yeah they, they block actual justice like they block the performance of justice so mm-hmm. that we can go to court that we can present all of the evidence and then let a jury make a decision and we all know that like juries are sympathetic to police so like at, at least let that happen at least like let people present evidence in court and and let the chips fall where they where they lay like this this is to me absurd and i can't believe that and where all where I just where's all that outrage from you know the same people civil libertarians who, yeah you know, like, I, I don't or, get it or like, like all these people who are always like anti-government oh yeah. the government's evil and now but it's flipped right like, I just I just think I don't, that, like, I don't hate if, cops and no yeah. one most people I know don't hate cops but we don't like bad cops and we right. think bad cops should be held accountable and when cops make bad decisions like this cop seems to have done. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like, he yeah, should be held it's, accountable. It's, no one's saying that like cops are bad people, but this right. guy did something wrong. Right. And he should be held accountable for it. And, and he, I don't know he what's in his heart. Maybe he's maybe he's not racist. Maybe I don't know. But he did something. He was, wrong. Maybe he was scared. Maybe like maybe he was scared. And, like, that doesn't this, mean it was a rational fear. And, and, and this, if if you are going to to work. I believe if you're going to work in in law enforcement, you accept a certain amount of re- one tremendous responsibility, but yeah. you also have to have like a mindset and a skill level to do the job. And I, we're finding more and more and more that these police officers just scared don't have yeah don't they have go that into mindset. the situation scared yeah. like you know it just and their first reaction seems to be to shoot right. You know, like how do you, you know, go? How do you go in these situations? And your has an expectation that um, not come home. That no, not even that. Not even that. They have training. Like I expect a law enforcement officer to be one. They have. They go through a police academy to learn self defense, to learn all these tactics, to learn how to investigate, to learn all. of Then before you even are allowed to be yourself on the street, you have to like be with a senior police officer to do further training. So it's like. After you get through all of that and you still are fumbling with these like basic yeah. steps, you, we should start to evaluate like, are is this the job for you? Like, mm-hmm. and I know that's hard to say. Like, like the job isn't for everyone. Just like the terror isn't for everyone. For everyone, yeah. or being or being a lawyer isn't for everyone. Being. You know, so like, you know, so so it's just it's it blows my mind that that we are here again. And there's video evidence like this again. And, uh, and there's yeah, still and, no charges again. Again. Right. And when we try to talk about this, we're just going to be Liz. Yeah, it's it like, has no. nothing to do like I just, every, video. We shouldn't – interactions like this should not end in the death penalty. Yeah. Like, like, like this guy white, didn't deserve If that to guy die. was white, yeah. 
can we yeah. honestly say that would have happened? And, like, I'm sick of saying that. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of saying if he was white, would cops have responded in the same manner? No, the cops wouldn't have, and this guy wouldn't and be we alive all know today. It. And we all like, know is. Yeah. I'm over it. All yeah. right. Um, there's not a lot to say when it comes to Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do have something to say. Like oh, this, okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Like, about the Las Vegas incident. Um, massacre. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Massacre. Like, I just think that we... It is. This has become a performance for everybody, and like I just don't get it. Like I just don't get why we do the. We can do the exact same thing. Like I, I wrote some things down. So there will be a next time. Like I'm just gonna copy exactly what I wrote. Say, see my previous statement that I made on October whatever. Like it's and it's formulaic. Yeah, and just like it's just it's weird how we can no longer like talk about the fact that 50 people, 59 people were murdered by a maniac with guns and he had a stockpile of weapons and no one knew about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I knew that everything, nothing would ever change killed him. I knew yeah. nothing would ever change. And I, this opportunity was missed. And I said this then, and we, you and I debate this all the time. I thought they should have released the autopsy photos for the yeah. new town children because i think people need to see what these weapons are doing i mean yeah. there were reports that like you know the gun that the newtown shooter used literally like blew off limbs yeah the gun that the shooter in las vegas used literally like ripped saw the wounds and set the wounds in war right i i actually um actually wrote about this because uh, about like the American ritual of thoughts and prayers. Like mm -hmm. you can go read it. But um I posted posted that, that exact question on my Facebook and I was like, let's like we need to show these bodies. Like we need to show yeah. like what a blood stained nightclub looks like. We need mm -hmm. to show what a classroom full of six year olds who have been brutally murdered with high powered weapons looks like. We need to show so that they can I want to witness to this one. Um yeah. and, and two like I just remember, like when when uh, the uh, the Syrian kid uh, floated on the shore, mm -hmm. like that yeah. that fundamentally changed the narrative of Only the for refugee like that long, crisis. Though. No, but but things started I mean, to happen. A lot a lot of countries like mm -hmm. actually one. yeah two was floating some on a raft and now and now is washed up on the shore and why? But, but you know why? Yeah, I mean something about this. So like I just think that like but. It, We've got to stop same... sanitizing things. Yeah. We have to stop sanitizing like... I have a column coming out on Monday that's talking about, you know, it's a different topic. It's talking about race, but talking about how we can't sanitize here. People see what's going on. They need to actually feel the effects of going on. Like when they talk about Las Vegas, we, we always see like maybe a blood trickled leg or, mm -hmm. you know, you hear from a victim who's crying and upset. You right. know, you have, you have the art kind of. Right. You have this like. Uh, not really romanticized, but like this, like there's a it's separation. Like a yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. There's a distance between yeah. it um, that I think is uh, hurting us as a as a it culture. Is. And, you know, this popped. This just popped into my head. One of the things that changed the rights era. Um, oh, the kid Emmett, Till. Emmett, Emmett Till. Thank you. When Emmett Till's funeral pictures right. uh, were put in magazine, and the entire to what those, those men, men did, did to that, that child, child. It, it changed, changed everything. everything. And, and, and the same, same is true here. here. We've got to, I mean, people, people need, need to see what's going on.
was um can you hear me i think like the president really got it like i mean the president has a problem any issue that involves empathy the president fails to show empathy um i mean i think he's kind of boxed in on this because he's made statements previously about you know taking on gun control and limiting access to high-powered weapons and then when he ran for office he was on the other side and you know i'm all for the second amendment without limitations and you know, things that even gun owners aren't fans yeah of. so i think this is one of those issues he just he knows he has to stay away from and steve bannon kind of called him out on it and said if you mess with this if you start trying to do gun control then we'll end your presidency so i think you're not gonna hear anything from the president i mean it's a that's why they kept saying now is not the time to talk about it. Now is not the time to talk about like, it. But when is the time? Like, well, can we talk about? We don't what say happened, that after terrorist you know? attacks. Yeah, he didn't say, yeah. He he didn't say after well, you know, the shooting in San Bernardino. Now is not the time to talk about the Muslim ban. Right. Uh, um. So I did. I did. I did want to talk about this. The, the president said to a group of Hispanic uh, people who came, I guess, to the White House for Hispanic Heritage Month yeah. or whatever. That um, that they have a good president in Mexico, even though he was talking to a group of American. Yes. Like, and, how and can he you mocked these... and he mocked their accent. He kept going. Did you see that part of the clip where he's like, "No," and the Puerto Ricans, <laughs> and he said it two or three times. It's like, come on, man! Like you're the president of the United States. Like, so... act like it. Act like it. Like, it's not so, too much. So, so, just act like a goddamn adult with the nuclear the, codes. The, so, the bar is set that low for the president that he can literally just do that and no one bats an eye about it because... Well, yeah, you didn't even know about it. Yeah. Like, all right. Um, what do you think is going on with the administration? Like, I feel like there's a, you know, after the whole Tillerson leak or statement or whatever happened um in that situation it seems like the administration chaos. yeah i mean there's, it's, there's... it's it's coming apart at the seams you can already i mean we've already heard about mattis has come out multiple times the president says you know we're doing the transgender ban mattis came out and was like no we're not yeah <laughs> uh the yeah. president came out and was like we're uh getting out of the iran deal mattis is like no we're not <laughs> um I mean, Tillerson's calling him a fucking moron. You yeah. got Kelly in every photo shot with his hand over his head, just wondering how the hell he got there. I right. Mean, <laughs> you know, I, that we talked in text that I'm hearing yeah. um, things about with Tillerson leaves, then Mattis leaves. If Mattis leaves, and Kelly leaves, and they're starting to. But then, but like that, that's like a defense shield. And I hate to say it, cause I hate to put like credit for these people because I really but it's don't We've, trust we'll a lot of them. This before. There are but, people in the administration right now who have said that the only reason they have not left the administration is because if they left, there would be no one there to, to stop make sure he doesn't. I mean, this is a guy who wanted to sanction China. Like, <laughs> cut off trade with China. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, he was like, hey, yeah, we're not going to trade with China anymore. And the rest of the world like, yes, like uh, hold on, time out. <laughs> we're talking about destroying the world economy. Yeah. So you think? So you have a theory that like you think that this is part of like the Mueller investigation? I just and I think that like this is just what, the way he's responding. Yes. Um, yes. The way well, that I mean, he's, I think like, it's a I think the Mueller investigation has. I him think that he's like. At, 
I think he's already – I mean, Donald Trump is who he is. Yeah. There would be much of the same going on because he's uninformed. He's uninterested. He doesn't do his research. He just talks without thinking about what he says. I think that all would still be there. But I think always lurking in the back of his mind is the fact that Mueller is investigating him criminally, has access yeah. to his tax returns, knows how much he's actually worth knows whether there is a P-tape out there, knows right. about all these things that could potentially humiliate Donald Trump in a way we have never seen. I mean, can you imagine if Mueller ends up releasing tax returns showing that Donald Trump is, like, credit, like, rich? Like, that's it? Like, he has no yeah. actual cash. He has no actual anything other than right. just, like, living Russian credit. Right. And, that there, and if there's really, like, a tape out there, he yeah. could be the most humiliated man in the history of the world. Wouldn't that leave you a little shook? The PP Touché. president? <laughs> he could go down in history in history books as the PP president. Yeah. I would I wouldn't be able to focus on things either. Yeah. Touché, <laughs> always, you know what? Every time somebody walked in the room to be like, Mr. President, Psst. I'd be like, Oh my god, is this it? Yep. <laughs> like every okay. time. So so but you could play an R. Kelly song around me. Oh, so many. There's so <laughs> many jokes. Like, um, <laughs> so, but what happens to like the Republican Party? Like, what happens to government while this is all happening? Like, there, like we haven't, they haven't passed any. Like, there's been no legislation that is being able to That's get his, through Congress. Could have passed like, legislation. Um, I mean, the Mueller investigation hasn't stopped legislation from passing it's the fact that republicans don't have control of their own party i mean like whatever they're going to pass through the house has to get through the freedom caucus for it to get through the freedom caucus it has to have ridiculous rules in there which then has to go to the senate and the senate's not passing yeah <laughs> or it'll start in the senate and yeah. whatever starts in the senate has to be bipartisan because it has to you have to get susan collins you have to get you right. know man mansion on board too and yeah uh, you know and then they send it to the house the house goes we're not signing that right so now the president has decided you, you know on tax uh on raising of the debt ceiling he joined with democrats and now we're hearing that he met with or had a phone call with chuck schumer last night and that he's going to go with democrats on fixing obamacare because he can't get a repeal and replace yeah, but and so you're just gonna see a revolt. This is gonna get ugly. Let me tell you, it is gonna get so ugly. If he bails out, I mean, because it's not even a bailout. Let me let me rephrase that. If he helps Democrats, or if Democrats it, help him, actually, it should be that way around. Like, I mean, like the Democrats are helping him. Like that, I, that's the, that's the way I look at it. As a Democrat, I look at it like. He needs. He's coming to us to kiss the ring. To I don't to, see it like that. I think we make a big mistake if we see it like that. Because this is one of the. I can't figure this out. If he fixes Obamacare, his base is going to lose their mind. Yeah. Democrats. The only thing that would make sense is if he thinks that he's actually under real threat of impeachment, and thinks that the only way to stay into office is to bring some Democrats over. So that they say he worked with us on the debt ceiling and tax cuts. He worked with us on health care. You know, if we impeach him, our only other options, Mike Pence, maybe we should hold him, keep him around. 
rather than. Nah, I don't think. I don't think that. Like, there, that that well is so poisoned that like Democrats ain't drinking that water. I I mean, I agree with you. (laughs) I mean, that's the only thing that would make because. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, he could, he could, he could, you know, do some, throw some Hail Marys out there to like save his presidency, but like at that point, do you think he would even want to do that? Like, just leave. He would just, he would just want to either like go out, go out in a blaze of glory and like. Well, then like, just... what is the blaze of glory? Like, we're at a point now where we have to talk about what is his exit. Well, I think... what is the exit? Because is the military at some point? Is he going to do something in the military? He's like, yeah, you can't. We're not letting you do that. Like, is it going to come to the point where he's like, "I'm going to nuke North Korea," and the military's like, "No, nah, you're not." Or like, um, I, I do, I do. The reason why, like, I'm scared that like Mattis will leave, or like that Tillerson will leave, or, or I'm not any so of those people who, who are around. But Mattis, Mattis um, and Kelly, um, is because like, if there's people, if these if these people leave, and then he like puts other people in there that are closer to him, that. He will get the green light to do something well, here's like. Here's my question: You can't get anybody retali- approved anymore to retaliate against. Uh, There's North no North Koreans. I don't think in this climate he could get anyone approved at Secretary of State. Now, Chief of Staff, well, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that like he's gonna if, if Tillerson resigns or, or or you know leaves or whatever he gets fired. Like I think that they will have to he they will elevate Nikki Haley from the UN to that position. They. If you're Nikki Haley, would you want that job at that point? I mean, you look at it like I'm fifth in line of succession. Fourth. The fourth in line. No, fifth. Well, well, nope. the, he's the fifth person. Secretary of State. Okay, yes. Fourth yes. in line, fifth person. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's a, it, that would be a, a definite elevation for her. Um, she's also been yeah, but that's like, almost like that FBI massacre kind of thing where like you know you're not staying. Like if because if he if Tillerson leaves, I think about it like this: What happens if Trump really tries to attack North Korea? Yeah, the military. Which has I think to is, say a, no. is, a, is a real possibility. Like it's the military has to say no, right? No, the, the, we've never had no. it. this. This is this is a this an order from the president of the United States. Like military follows orders, Mike. I, I think do, I think I think I think we've watched Mattis twice happens, already tell the president that he is not going to do something after being lawfully ordered to do it. Mm, not like that. Not not where we know. One, the the North Koreans have like escalated tensions by con- their continued escalation of the nuclear issue by blowing things up or you know shooting off rockets. So like Trump has a a credibility when he says like. We need to do something about this problem. Um, I think that if we ever got to that to that scenario where like he has to make a, a choice, uh, which I think that he's slowly inching towards like that the moment. Um, I think that there will be a lot of leaks. I think that a lot of other nuclear states will be. I like, think that is a very on. good point. I think that the yeah. leaks it would be leak galore. Yeah. Everyone would come out. Yeah. Anyone who had anything to do with it would come out to try to stop them through leaks. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so I think, and then that will cause like a chain reaction within like the I guess nuclear order to like say stop this for a second. Let's let's like, let's let's figure this out. Um, but I just think that it, it would. And then I think that Trump would like double down on that, like, like when when Mattis told him to stop calling him Rocket Man, mm-hmm. like because like that only escalates things. What does what does Trump do the next three days? Calls he goes out and doubles down and doubles down. So I think that he's 
setting up a scenario where he has he no choice but to attack. Has no choice but to attack. But I think we're not there yet. Um, just for example, like when when Trump said that he was going to not sign the Iran deal, the entire world, including Iran and the UN, were like, "No, wait, you can't just not." verify mm-hmm. this like we've all verified this like we were all part of, part of this thing it's not just you mr trump with all due respect but and then what does trump do he has to kind of like walk that back and say well yeah, i'm gonna do it but there's conditions and and all to make the other look good mm-hmm. but like but what happened was the iaea and the un and the other members that were in this negotiation were like wait they're we've all verified this we all know that, like, what you're saying is not true. So if you well, any punish, deal, he gets to right? have it both ways now. So he'll, yeah. he can say he decertified the agreement. It kicked it to Congress. Congress is not going to get rid of the agreement. Right. The agreement, at least you can. And I had this debate at Newsmax. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Newsmax is, it's a very conservative network. Um, we were interviewing Bill Crystal, and was it Bill Crystal or was it one of them? I think it was Bill Crystal. And so we were talking about Iran inside the agreement is much safer because you can make changes to the agreement you can renegotiate the agreement right inside the framework (laughs) but once you blow up the agreement you're not going to get other countries to come back and help rebuild a new agreement right now right and and the way that the agreement uh that we have now it's like heavily in the u.s's interest like (laughs) everything about the agreement is in our interest to to maintain this agreement like we should be worried that Iran's going to walk away, not the other way around. Like, Yeah, I mean, people and... are saying that, like, it gives Iran a path to the bomb in the next 20 years. It's like, listen, Iran was going to have the bomb in the next, like, two years. Right, <laughs> like... right. You know, and so, and then, and by right. that time, and, and all this time, it'll give us more information that we never had before to... To, to stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. like it's just, and My question is always, what's the alternative? In North Korea, what's the alternative? War? Well, in Iran, well, what's the alter- alternative? It's like to negotiate. I, I, think, I, think, I think that it is the, the tensions with the North Koreans, I don't think is actually like a n- nuclear tension. I think it's a conventional weapons tension. Like we have 26,000 troops on the DNZ. Mm-hmm. Like we have 150,000 Americans who live in, in, in South Korea in well, Seoul. I, I don't right necessarily now. mean nuclear. Like, I just mean yeah. in what's what is the alternative to negotiating? Well, Either you're negotiating yeah, or you're preparing or we're going to war. Like and if and we're I, going to war, then that's a, a conversation we as a nation need to have. President yeah. doesn't need to be up at two o'clock in the morning having a conversation with him and his Twitter about yeah. what's going to war. Yeah. That's a conversation that Congress yeah, I do. I do think that we are getting closer and closer. I mean, I just think, for for example, like the the, the Nobel Committee um, uh, gave the Peace Prize to ICANN, which is a anti um, nuclear weapons organization, mm-hmm. like as a signal, like as a global community, we're like, hey, we need to tone all of this down because yep. we are closer than we've ever been since the Cuban Missile Crisis to. Full nuclear on engagement like and that's that's scary um and i don't think the president gets it i don't think he understands like this is a fragile system it's, and <laughs> it can go quickly all right um all right. let's fly through pop culture um yeah. tom petty yeah rest in peace you know florida legend rocker free free falling <laughs> Um, I actually thought it was a hoax when I saw it on Twitter, and then I realized that it wasn't a hoax, and I was like, oh man, this is going to be a rough day, but yeah. 
I have not seen The Good Doctor yet. I really want to. Um, I think it's so good. I've heard really great reports about it. If you like House. Yeah, I loved House. Which which was my favorite show. Like, I loved it. Um, It's like House, but like its own version, Mm -hmm. own original. Like Doogie Howser meets. Yeah, yeah. It's like an original show that like we haven't seen before. So it's really good. I, you should watch it you know, DVR it or whatever. Yeah. Um, have you seen The Gifted? Haven't seen that. Um, haven't My seen brother that. says it's good. He, okay. He's been like, hey, you should watch it, but I'm not like a big... Everyone you know. needs to go watch You're the Worst. It is... Oh, so... Ooh, it's it's something. You're the Worst um, is dark. Yeah, like I, I watched a few episodes. I watched a few episodes after you had recommended it, but then <laughs> right after that, um, there's a podcast called I Think You're Interesting, Um which is uh, like one of the media critics um, that works at Vox, like has a podcast called I Think You're Interested. And they talked about like how dark this show is and like how it's like uncomfortable funny, but like also like conventionally funny. Um, and... I mean, it's definitely like they take it to another level. Yeah. But like there's some real, I don't want to give away any yeah. of the plot lines, but like yeah. there's real, there's things that go on in real people's life. Like people break up yeah. and then one person sleeps with someone else and like yeah. they, they, and then they they're, emotionally they're like, torture like, each other. And that like part of comedy is like the opposite. Like it's, it's opposite is like tragedy. So mm-hmm. like, so there's like a lot of that in there. And so um, I'm going to give it some more, you know, more chances. Cause it's I was just like, yeah, it's definitely know. worth it. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any plans coming up? I got nothing. Like nothing. nothing really going yeah. on. I mean, just yeah. work. Writing TV, you know. Yeah, after after I get, actually get done with this, I have to meet Brian because we have to go get measured for buying new suits. Oh, um, because we have like a lot of weddings that are that we're going to, and I'm like, all right, I need to like. When is the season over yet? No, now it's like fall wedding season. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that many people that are getting married. Yeah. So yeah, we're going. It's not, to, it's not those circles to, I uh, I travel yeah, in. Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta um, at the end of the month to a wedding, and then my mom's 50th birthday is like right after that. So I'm like. Hmm. And then, like, Halloween's in between there, and I... I think I'm going to come down to Florida for Halloween. That stresses me out. Like, every Not, year... I think I'm going to come I, down to St. Pete for Halloween. Is every gonna, year. Can we get Ratchet well, in St. Pete for Halloween? Um, well, I won't be here that, the, the weekend, because that's when I'm going to the wedding. But Halloween's on a Tuesday, so it's like... Yeah, I know, but you, so you won't be in town 27th, no, 28th? I won't be, yeah. I'll be in Atlanta. Maybe so. I should go to Atlanta, then. Yeah. Yeah, you should come to Atlanta. Um, all right. Uh, what else we got? Let's get this question in. Oh, the DRI2, I guess, question? Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, okay. Dear IR2 guys, there's so much talk about millennials or juniors. What the hell is a gen? gen I think generation? it's gen wires. Gen, oh, generation gen wires. Yeah. I don't know what that is. In the popular culture, as millennial commentators, what impact do you think our generation will make on society in the next 30 years? Um, I think our our generation is very different in that our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, they all worked at the same place their entire, or at least they aimed to work at the same place almost their entire work careers. And so I think our generation is very much more um, going from job to job, moving from place to place, being around people in different cultures. And so I think that our generation um, is gonna be the first generation that's really exposed to everything outside of itself mm-hmm. so like whereas before white people had to white neighborhoods and went to white schools yeah. and was around white white people now that's not i mean you can't exist in a segregated society right. for the most part and i think that that's going to be a very i think it's going to change a lot of things no i've been seeing that with like d- diverse churches 
Like, yeah. Church yeah. Used to be yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just went to the most yeah. segregated hour. Yeah. I just went to my mom's, my mom's church and she goes to like a community church and it's like a legit community church where like everybody, like you see all kinds of people from like various communities all coming together in this like multi-ethnic, multicultural congregation. And it's awesome. I think that our generation is going to change the way we, we work like in general, like the fact that I guess now like employers are now having conversations about like work-life balance and things like that. I think it's because our generation is kind of demanding that we pay attention to that as opposed to you, you work for me and that's it. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a much more of a, I guess we're, we're, we're two, creating yeah, our own two way. Yeah. Two way street where it's like, I, I love doing this job, but like you need to be flexible in these areas. And I think that's going to be good. I also think that like, once we get past like this, like, I don't know, era, era of like politics that we are much more, I guess, collaborative. Um, and I think, I think that the millennial conservatives that we know, like we can still talk to them. Like it's, I feel like these, the older generations that I'm not able mm -hmm. to like break through. And so hopefully I really want more of us to start running for local office, state mm -hmm. office or whatever, just because like, I feel like we understand a little bit better that we can't get everything that we want and that we should be meeting, meeting each other um, in a, in a common place. And so Amen I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful for the next 30 years, one, because like our age group will be the primary workers in the country. Mm -hmm. um, and we are highly educated, <laughs> you know, highly skilled. We may not have a lot of experience in like big industries, but you know, we are willing to learn. We are flexible in, mm -hmm. in, in that. So I think it's, we are, we're doing good despite all of the, you know, crap that people write about millennials. All right. Well, who's your jackets of the week? Uh, it's the DA from Salt Lake city. Uh, Gil, Sim Gil. Yeah. You're a jackass. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what rationale you have for not putting it in front of the grand jury. That's, yeah. that's how I feel about that. Who's yours? Uh, my jackets of the week is the NRA. Um, there you go. We'll see so, if the NRA comes out and supports um, removing gun butts from. You know they're not going to do that. Like, I mean, they say that they're going to do. They're going to remove the stops uh, from stores. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out real quick though before we do wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, we were eight years in power. It's uh, Tahisi Coates' new book. Yeah. It. I'm not done with it yet, but it's incredible so far. He talks about a lot of the things that we talk about involving race and history and yeah. how the country's changing everyone. I just listen. I just, uh, I just downloaded it. Um, and I only got like 15 minutes in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it'll be a good recap of like, cause I've been following, um, coats for since he started at the Atlantic mm -hmm. and just to see him like get to this level of like, I don't know, being a super writer, stardom. but like, yeah, superstardom. But at the same time, like, I finally feel like people are actually listening to him now versus like I was gonna reacting say, I feel to him. Like you know, you know, it was mostly like, when yeah. I read his, I feel like I'm sitting in a barbershop just listening to like an OG talk about <laughs> real life. And like, yeah. it's so you saw, I tweeted out the other day, I was like, the book is so raw and unfiltered. He just, he writes exactly yeah feel yeah. so i think i think that we what we will we'll do is after we both finish the book we'll dedicate an episode to like breaking down some of the things that are in it and 
to offer because like i feel like people are we are now like he's now getting his like moment where people are taking him seriously and not mm-hmm. just like reacting to like something controversial that he said yeah i mean people are looking at him now as like the heir of like a james baldwin-esque yeah, kind of you know a, a yeah, generational yeah. writer yeah it's it's rare that i even like look up to like you know quote-unquote thought leaders mm-hmm. but like he has become one of the thought leaders that I can turn to and gauge where my own sense of self or my own sense of politics is mm-hmm. at any given moment, because like he's thought about this and, and written very Extens- longly yeah. <laughs> about it. Like, so, all right, uh, Mike, uh, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, uh, I'm going to skip what the hell this week. Cause I just, you know, yeah, I don't have one either. I yeah. think we started the show with the, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can find me at the Hill. I'll have a couple pieces out, one about race and uncomfortable conversation we need to have, uh, and one about Nancy Pelosi and whether Democrats need to move forward with a new leader or... Oh, I'll be interested to see that because, like, I've been having that conversation, you know, in my I'm actually not sure where I've landed on it yet. I'm still writing it, so... You still still thinking in your head? All right, I'll be interested to see that. Uh, you can find me at Johnny B. Boykins everywhere on the internet. Um, yeah, until next time, um... Uh, let's yeah, end gotta, this with our, the question. With our uh, relevantly relevant question this week: um, If money doesn't grow on trees, then why do banks have branches? I mean, That's such it does that. make sense. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Irrelevantly Relevant. You made it to the end of the episode. Please subscribe, rate, and share, and leave us a comment. To let us know what you want to hear us talk about next.